this episode of the Tennis IQ Podcast. I'm Brian Lomax. And I'm Josh Berger. And in today's episode, we're going to be discussing preparation. And in particular, how to prepare for a match or a tournament um, that's upcoming. Uh, perhaps you have a tournament or a big match um, this upcoming weekend or um, in a few weeks. And you want to think about how can you put yourself in the best possible position to be ready, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Um, and what that might look like in terms of preparing um, in the best possible way. Um, now, uh, in the past, we've, we've had a discussion with Dr. Stephen Walker, where we, we talked a lot about preparation. Um, and uh, we broke down some of the different mental tools that you could utilize, things like visualization, things like meditation and mindfulness, um, things like having routines that you utilize maybe the night before or um, you know, right before a match um, that, that you can utilize. Um, but in, in this episode, yeah, we'll talk about sort of the type of situation where, okay, you have something coming up, let's start now and let's think about how we wanna prepare for this upcoming match. Um, so Brian, if you, um, as we get this conversation started, um, if you were working with an athlete and you know, it's um, a few days to go before the tournament, let's say three or four days, um, where, where do you generally begin in terms of helping that athlete to get um, prepared in all these different facets? Well, I'm glad you started with, say, the chronological approach to this. I think that's probably the best way. You know, I think when we did talk to Dr. Stephen Walker, we were kind of like a little bit all over the place in terms of that. I don't know that we actually really help people structure a preparation routine, and I think that's something that we can do today. And so... I think the the few days ahead or the week ahead, really the main focus for me with players is is concentrating on some of the the fundamentals, meaning um, you know first of all, paying attention to things like your sleep, your nutrition, your hydration, right so sleep, making sure we're getting eight to ten hours. you know one of the things that I see with a lot of players is that when they don't get enough sleep, they struggle with their focus. They struggle with their ability to manage their emotions in competition. And so sleep is, it's such a great cure for a lot of those things that we want to be paying attention to that um, throughout the week. We want to be really professional with that aspect of things. I think the same goes for what we're eating, what we're drinking. We want to make sure, you know, if it's an important event, we want to have some clean living around that. And making sure we're paying attention to what we're eating, um, regardless of what one's diet is. If we can be, you know, um, you know, managing portions, managing a lot uh, amount of sugar, um, you know, different types of drinks or whatever, making sure we're we're doing all the right things there. Um, and then practices. So the practices throughout that week um, don't necessarily need to be hard, but um, you want to make sure you have good practices with specific goals. So there might be during the week uh, different themes that you're bringing to the court each day. So, um, you know, one day it might be about your ground strokes um, or a particular ground stroke. Or um, there might be something about, you know, with your match play. Because I do think you should get some matches in, if possible, during the week or at least one practice match over the course of the week. Um, so we're getting a little bit of pressure training in there and we feel like we're ready to actually compete. Um, so I think those are like the foundational skills we want to make sure that we're, we're good at. 
right? So the sleep, the, the, the nutrition, the hydration, and then of course the recovery, right? So when after we're practicing, let's make sure we're doing the stretching, the foam rolling, um, if, if massage is at all an option for a player, I think that's a great idea. Um, just to make sure from a physical energy perspective that we're going into that match with as much physical energy as possible. Um, one of the books that I found uh, that really helped my perspective on this was uh, Jim Lair's The Power of Full Engagement, in which he talks about how life is, we're really alternating between expending energy and recovering energy. And very much as athletes or even as people who may have jobs, we focus a lot on the expending energy piece and not as much on the recovering. And the idea here is that throughout this week, we want to make sure that we're not just expending, expending, expending without recovery. And recovery can be, you know, nutrition and hydration. Those are recovery activities. But so is taking naps and sleep, resting, relaxing. Those are uh, recovery activities as well. Um, and so we want to make sure that we're scheduling all of those things during the week so that when we practice or when we compete, we feel like we've got the maximal amount of energy that we really want so we can stay focused, we can stay in control of our emotions, and we can also manage our determination and motivation, the will to, to, to compete, the will to win. That's directly tied to your, your energy level, right? Fatigue definitely um, hits at your will to win. So I think those are – that's where I would start, Josh. And you, you know, so what are, what are your thoughts on – kind of those fundamentals and, and some other things you'd work on that week ahead. Yeah, I, I really liked a lot of that. Um, I, I like that you bring up um, scheduling a lot of this stuff out. So whether it's um, scheduling out, what does that, that week of practice look like? So does that include some match play? Does that include some fine tuning on certain aspects of your game? Um, probably not the time to try to radically change a stroke or to try to uh, make, you know, huge technical differences before a match most of the time. Um, but scheduling, okay, what does that week of practice look like? What is that, um, you know, may maybe what time you're, you're aiming to get to bed and wake up. Um, maybe even scheduling out some of those meals um, just so that we're leaving less things up to chance. We're not, um, we're not trying to, you know, get home and make that decision about what we're eating for dinner the night before the match. We're thinking that through ahead of time and maybe, um, you know, planning ahead so that we don't just um, do something based on convenience. Um, so I, I think the more that, that these sorts of things can be scheduled and planned out ahead of time, the better. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I also um, li like the point about not expending too much energy, but, you know, trying to, um, you know, n not overwork ourselves right before the match. Um, a lot of players are into the strength and conditioning piece um, in terms of strengthening or in terms of working on their speed, let's say. Um, but we don't want, we want to make sure that those most intense workouts aren't taking place too close um, to the match or there might be some muscle fatigue or some, some tiredness. Um, so yeah, no, I, I really liked all of that. Um, yeah. I, I think um, what one piece I would add in is to try to, um, we as, as sports psychology professionals can help um, players really think about these scenarios that they might get into in a match. So thinking about, okay, 
um, based on maybe some past performances, what are some, some items that we might be working on? Maybe it's the control of the, their emotions. So, okay, what are some types of situations that you're likely to encounter in this match? Maybe, um, you know, in the past, it's been a break point or a deuce point where, um, you know, it, it didn't go your way. And that, that led to, um, you know, more negative emotions or anger. Um, maybe it's, um, you know, performance anxiety and feeling tight on a big point And we're, we're, we're working through, okay, how can you um, handle these situations as they arise so that during that big point, you can feel a little bit looser. So you can feel um, more in control of that situation um, that could involve visualization and actually trying to visualize these specific situations. Um, it could, it could involve, um, you know, sort of writing down um, a planned response for certain types of situations you might encounter, but um, trying to think about, you know, s- situations that, that may come up or could come up in, in the match. Um, and then also thinking about the strategy piece. Um, is this somebody that you've played before? Is this somebody that maybe you've heard about or one of your friends or teammates has played before? Um, so th- those are a couple pieces that I would add in, um, you know, thinking about some situations that are likely to occur, um, the strategy piece, um, and then also scheduling and preparing, um, you know, uh, all these different areas like your practices, like your nutrition, even your hydration, your sleep. And so that we don't have to leave too, too much up, up to chance. And I think, you know, the things you were talking about are great additions to whatever your practice plan is on the court that week, right? I mean, yeah, some of it could be off the court as well, but yeah, by bringing more purpose to those practices, working through different situations that you may know you're going to encounter or different strategies or game plans. Um, you know, if it's no ad, hey, we got to work on our deuce point play this week, those, those types of things. And um, I think that's, yeah, all that is really important. And there might be some Depending on your habits, there may be some mental um, skills, fundamentals that you would pay attention to during the week. So if you do meditation regularly, if you do visualization regularly, you know, you want to continue doing those things. So now let's say the match is on Saturday, Josh, and it's, it's, it's Friday or you're going to help somebody plan for Friday. What are some ideas that you would have them go through uh, for that day before, night before the tournament or the match. Yeah, I think I think some of the items um, we touched on already. Um, thinking about okay, what is what is that um, meal before the match look? You know, the meal the night before look like. Um, okay, what time do we want to be going to bed? Um, are there certain um, tools like meditation? Um, perhaps you've been meditating three or four times a week for. 10 minutes, let's say, um, and the night before the match might be a great time to, to implement that again. Um, maybe it's visualization, visualizing, um, you know, certain, certain situations that could occur, visualizing how you want to be feeling out there. Um, we, we have a whole episode that we dedicated to this topic, so we don't have to get too, too much into that, but, um, you know, the, the night before, um, can be a time to, um, you know, to dive into certain things like your strategy um, to, to really play out some of these things that could occur. Um, but I will say that that is, you know, there, w- w- there's an expression, different strokes for different folks. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm definitely a believer that different things work for each person, where for um, certain types of 
tennis players. Um, the more that you do and the more prepared and the more time you're spending the night before, the more confident you're going to feel when you're out there um, because you'll feel like, okay, I've checked all the boxes, all the I's have been dotted, the T's have been crossed, I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, where for somebody else, they might that might actually make them a little bit more nervous. Um, with For them, it might be, okay, I want to feel loose when I'm out there, I want to feel comfortable. And spending too much time the night before for that particular person could cause them to overthink the, the situation. And maybe then they're overthinking it, maybe they don't get a great night's sleep, and then things can start to, um, you know, to take a turn from the worst for there. Um, so I think it does depend on the person a little bit. I think some of it is, is trial and error and figuring out what works best for that particular person. Um, but broadly, you know, for, for most people, I would say, you know, trying to be intentional about how you spend that night in terms of those, those key pieces, like what time you're going to bed, like what, um, what you're going to be eating and like what, you know, if they're mental skills that you're going to be, um, utilizing that night um when you're going to be doing them um where that's going to take place um you know even things like okay is the door going to be you know making sure that the door is closed trying to limit distractions when that actually takes place so that it can be um you know so so that it can be done at a at a higher quality um you know without any limiting factors um so you know trying to, to be as intentional about planning out that night before and then the next morning um, leading up to the match or leading up to the tournament. Yeah, I think those are all, those are all great ideas, you know, and um, I guess another thing that I would add in and maybe to be more specific on this is um, have players really think about their goals for the next day, like their process goals. Um I prefer that they write them down, but that doesn't have to be it, you know, especially if we can kind of commit them to memory and, and so forth. But I like to have them written down so that they can be referred to during the match, if possible, right? Whether that's on an index card or some sort of player journal. So I think even if that's a conversation between, you know, the sports psych or the coach and the player or the player just on his or her own, um, I think that's it's good to formulate that. Um, I think another aspect of the evening, and again, like you said, Different players are going to have different approaches, but I like that people go to bed in a good mood. So whether that's you're thinking about tennis and you're excited about it, or if you just want to chill out and relax and watch a movie or, you know, just hang out with your family and friends or or something. Or I had one um, athlete, she loved reading books, so she would read the night before, you know, right? So everybody's got something there, but I think if we could, in general, try to generate you know, feeling in a good and relaxed mood and, and um, so that we wake up, you know, and hopefully a similar, similar state. Um, I think we should also talk about the day too, Josh, right? Because I was, I was um, speaking with uh, a junior player today. He's very good. He's, you know, I'll just say top 50 in the world junior player. So I asked him, you know, what are the things that you do to get ready? Because he's played, you know, some of the junior grand slams. And so he had a really interesting approach to it. Um, he didn't have much on the mental side, but, you know, what he said is he actually practices twice a day. Now, of course, this is a different, this is a high elite level player, right? Not, we're not all going to be able to do this, but he practices twice that day. But both practices are about just getting feel, feel and confidence. <clears throat> and he's just trying to maybe also get used to the facility, get used to the balls that this tournament is using, right? So a lot of, 
that type of stuff, right? Comfort level and confidence were a part of those. Um, but he also mentioned something I thought that was really interesting that all of us should think about is he called them mobility sessions. So after, so before his first practice, he would have like a mobility session, which was, you know, partner stretching, foam rolling, doing some speed and agility work. And then he'd have a longer one after his um, second practice. And normally his second practice would end by 2 or 3 p.m. Then he'd have this mobility session. Um, Again, just so that he's feeling good the rest of the day and he's feeling good going into um, the evening. And so I thought, you know, hey, there's some good tips there. We may not all be able to practice twice or want to even do that. But the purpose of being on the court, you know, building confidence, building rhythm, getting used to different things, and then taking a good amount of time to stretch, foam roll, recover. Uh, If you could do a partner stretch with somebody, that's great. Um, It's a great way to get loosened up. Um, So I thought that was a really good approach to the day. We also talked about, um, you know, when do you pack your bag? I'm usually an advocate for packing it as much as you can the day before so that we're not running around that morning worry, wondering where something is, whether we've, we've taken care of that. And maybe there's a checklist of things that need to go into the bag. Um, and, and again, so that you're not having to search for these things on the morning or the day of the tournament. Um, want to take as care of as much of that as possible. Um, I also think... You know, we, we've talked about sort of the, the emotional piece, the mental piece, but not everybody needs this, Josh, but maybe we want to get a little pumped up too. Maybe we want to watch some tennis or, or do something that gets us in the mood to compete. So that's, I think, another consideration is, is that kind of thing. Now, this is going to sound like really weird. I'm dating myself here. But like when I was 11, I used to play the soundtracks for Rocky and Rocky Two on my turntable. So that's how long ago that was. But that's the kind of thing that would get me pumped up to play. And I'd even do that the day before um, just to get those kind of, that kind of music playing in my mind. You know, that kind of thing. Um, so we should be thinking about those types of things as we you know, go into that evening, hopefully getting in a good mood before we go to sleep. And then, and then, then we wake up the next day, hopefully feeling good. Yeah, yeah. I, um, even if people aren't listening on turntables currently, I think listening to some sort of, you know, playlist, even, even a Rocky playlist. I mean, there's sure. a lot of great inspirational uh, pump up music there. Um, or maybe it's a, you know, some sort of playlist that, that you've created um, that, that helps you get into and into that type of mindset that you want to be in um, leading up to a match. And maybe you have it and certain times you, you feel like, okay, I, you know, I'm feeling a little flat right now. I, I really need this. Um, or it's some, you know, and, and you use it sporadically as needed or it's something that you build into your routine and you use every time um another thing that can be helpful is you know pulling out your phone and going on youtube pulling up some highlights of maybe a favorite player Mm -hmm. um a player that is you aspire to play like um a a player who where maybe there's um you know you, you admire their intensity maybe it's serena williams or um Nadal or Djokovic or Federer, whoever, whoever it is. Um, and you know, you watching them, even if just for a five minute video can really help get you pumped up and ready to go for that match. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, again, the more that you can plan out that time, um, 
from when you wake up until the match actually starts, um, the better. I, I really like the idea of getting out there and hitting before a match. I think, you know, unfortunately, most players don't have the ability to get out and hit twice, but, um, you know, getting out and, and hitting some balls, you can, um, you know, work out some of the kinks. You can get used to the court, ideally, or the balls. Um, I've even seen situations where maybe uh, court time is limited um, and there's only a certain number of courts, but maybe you're able to, you know, hit on a, a, a park nearby and at least get to hit a few balls or even just hitting in the parking lot going, you know, doing some volleys back and forth with somebody else. But, um, you know, just, just being able to um, at, at least hit a little bit you can help to find that rhythm, maybe work out some of the kinks um, ahead of time. Um, and, and yeah, as you were mentioning before um, in, in terms of a suggestion the night before um, in terms of, you know, wanting to go to bed in a good mood and you wanting to, to feel loose. And maybe that means, you know, you're, you're hanging out with your friends and family. Maybe that means you're watching a movie. Um, I, I think the, the same for, for many people applies for before a match where yes, you, we want to be focused. We want to be feeling, um, you know, th- like we are, like we have our head on the game and we're not, you know, all over the place, but for some people, you know, I, I know a player who, um, you know, about an hour before, before the match, before she was about to go out, would, would actually chat with, um, you know, would call up her, one of her friends and it would, you know, a couple minutes in, they'd be laughing. And uh, the last thing in that moment that she's thinking about is the match, but it's helping her to stay loose. It's She's not overthinking it. She's not thinking about every possible scenario of what could go well and what could go wrong. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, after, after that conversation goes ends, she's in, you know, she's probably feeling better about things and then can, you know, really start that, that pre-match um, routine that, that she's worked on. Um, so I, I think it does depend on the person. Um, but, uh, I, I think in terms of best practices, um, you know, w- whether it's the night before or that day, um, getting yourself to that point of comfort um, and going to bed in a good mood and waking up and feeling comfortable. And, you know, for, for that's gonna, that's on the player or maybe on the player and their coach or their sports psychology professional to figure out what works best for that individual. Cause it's not a, certainly not a one size fits all type of thing, but um, you know, tinkering around with it where, okay, you, you have a match, you have a tournament and you try something, you, you implement a routine and maybe you write that down. Ideally, you write that down, what that's going to look like, and you try to execute it. And then afterwards, you, you look back at it and you say, okay, how did that go? Okay, I, I felt you know, pretty loose going up to that match. I, I felt locked in. Okay, then there's probably some good stuff there. Or that didn't work so well. Okay, let's make some adjustments. Were, were there aspects of that routine that I, I liked that I think can be helpful? Okay, let's keep that. Okay, maybe there are other aspects of it we want to tinker with. Um, but, you know, going through that trial and error process and figuring out what works best for you in terms of helping you get in that right mindset, where maybe for some athletes, um, they want to be actually visualizing um, certain patterns of play, um, you know, serve plus one, return plus one that they want to be going to um, in that match. Maybe if they're playing against somebody they've played before, they know that a certain type of pattern is going to be most helpful for um, helping them win points time and time again. Um, where, you know, for that player visualizing those types of points, those types of patterns and situations right before a match could be really helpful. Or for another player, it's jumping rope and, uh, 
doing some, you know, footwork exercises or just, um, you know, closing your eyes and breathing for a few minutes and um, really trying to, to be present and be calm and um, not be not be too antsy and, you know, feeling that performance anxiety. So um, long answer to, to a short question, but I think it, it does depend on the person. And I really think it is um, trial and error and, you know, going through that process of each match and um, journaling and, and figuring out, okay, what went really well, what didn't go so well, and let's adjust from there. Yeah. I think one thing I forgot to mention that probably should be worked on during the week, but is, is critical on match day is that overarching mindset or perspective. Many of us, you know, we may be worried about this tournament, may feel pressure or expectations or so forth. And, you know, we've discussed a bunch of different perspectives to try to incorporate into your mindset to help lessen the pressure, whether that's everything is practice or keep expectations low and standards high. Um, you want to be working on those perspectives almost as like your your self-talk plan for the week, right? How you're going to talk to yourself about this event. And can you make it more of an opportunity? Can you make it more of a challenge rather than thinking about what you have to lose or it being somehow a threat to something, whether that's your identity as a good tennis player or to your UTR or ranking or whatever it is. And I think it's so it's really important that you're talking to yourself during the week about the match in such a way that you feel like you can compete at your best. Now, some people play great when pressure is on, and that's fine. Others need to talk to themselves in a way that reduces pressure. I think every tennis player, as they become a great competitor, needs to learn to become a great storyteller when it comes to themselves and tell a story that allows them to compete, focus, control themselves, their composure, the best that they can. And so I think that's a big part of it because that'll factor in on match day that you're, again, you're, you're talking about that self-talk plan. When it comes to the day, <clears throat> certainly hitting that day is obviously recommended. Now, you know, Josh, you and I, we live in New England, and certainly during the winter, if people are playing matches and tournaments, it's close to impossible, depending on the event. Uh, some events will allow for practice courts, but it uh, can be very difficult. And if you're playing, you're an adult playing league tennis, it's impossible, really, to, to get practice courts. So we recognize that. Um, but that still is something you'd, you'd want to strive to do. Maybe you can get a court somewhere else or, like you said, go to a park. I would say even last case resort, uh, maybe it's better than perhaps the volley de volley in a parking lot, but is a backboard or a wall. I've, I've done that before tournaments, and that, you know, you can, you can hit out pretty well on that. Um, when I'm looking at preparing for a tournament or helping a player prepare for a tournament, aside from the physical energy stuff of, you know, timing your eating, um, which probably should be, you know, should be trying to have a full meal two and a half to three hours beforehand. You know, again, we're all a little bit different, but that's a decent practice for that. Um, but also making sure you've packed your bag with snacks and whatever that you need, energy gels, the right drinks, etc. Um, I like to think about, again, that day warming up a few different areas of our performance. We want to warm up our focus. 
We want to warm up our confidence and we want to warm up, um, again, our, our positive emotions. So from a focus perspective, we could be reviewing goals. We could be, you know, you mentioned earlier, we could be writing how we would write down our response to certain difficult situations. Hey, let's read that over again on, on match day. Let's visualize that, me going through that. Um, I think that's a great tool to be using on match day because it also it, it is a mental rehearsal, but it can also, if we're feeling at all hesitant about doing something, it helps you get through the hesitancy because you are practicing it in your mind. You're repeating that in your mind. So those can be some good things with focus. When it comes to confidence, maybe, you know, we, we talked about this with, with, uh, with Steve Walker. Look at your confidence journal if that's something that you do. Um, remind yourself of all the great work you've done this particular week. You're ready. Remind yourself that you're ready. Remind yourself that you, you've perhaps competed in something like this before. So um, you can do it. It's not a big deal. This is, is something normal for you. Um, you may want to review either through visualization or something that you've written down what your strengths are. Um, that's always a great thing to think about is, is the best parts of your game and using the, that part of your game. And then with the emotional piece, let's think about what are the productive emotions I want to use today. And sometimes I focus a lot on the positive stuff like let's use gratitude as a powerful positive emotion that can just get us in a good mood. You mentioned the talking to your to, to a friend. In fact, that player I was talking to today, that's part of his like something he does in the one hour before the start of the match is he calls his best friend. And they just talk and like you said, for five minutes and they're laughing and they're in a good mood. So whatever that is for you, you want to make sure you're doing that. Um, to get yourself in, in a good mood. I like the idea of intentionally expressing gratitude over the course of that day, whether it's just thanking maybe the captain of your team or a tournament organizer, just thanking them for doing their job. We wouldn't be able to do this without those people. And those people will appreciate the message, but you'll also get a really great boost just from expressing that kind of, that kind of gratitude. Um, and you already talked about this piece, Josh, so I won't go too deep into it, but the idea of, of pumping yourself up, music, videos, awesome. I think the other piece of videos, not only does it inspire you, but let's say, yeah, you're watching somebody who you kind of modeled your game after. Again, you're programming your mind to play like that person. So, you know, maybe you're a person who hits a one-handed backhand. So watch some Federer, watch some Stan Wawrinka. Like just visualize that and ingrain that image of them ripping one-handed backhand so that like when the ball comes to you and you see it coming to your backhand, you're excited to hit that shot and you've already grooved your mind with an image that you know is going to help you through that. So I think those are some things that I like to throw out to a player and say, all right, I would like you to give me some ideas on how we warm these things up. And just like you said, as we're developing this pre match routine or preparation routine. Let's see what works. Let's see what doesn't. And we tweak. Um, so that after several weeks of doing this, you get to something that you feel really comfortable and it gets you to the place that you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way that you broke that down into those three categories. Um, I, I think a couple things that, that came to mind were, um, 
as it relates to preparation and uh, you, you mentioned packing your bag, um, a, a book that we, we've talked about it um, a lot on this, on this podcast at different points. And it's, it's certainly one of my favorite books um, is winning ugly. And in that, in that book, he actually devotes an entire chapter of the book to packing your bag, um, which is, which can be very overlooked um, over, overlooked aspect of, of uh, preparation. But um, I know he tells a story in the book about, um, you know, having a, a, I forget the, the dollar amount, but um, I, I think it was his left shoe. That's like a you know hundred thousand dollar left shoe um, that based on, you know, his tournament winnings um, be, be based on having, you know, that, that extra, extra shoe available um, or, but, you know, it's, it's, it's often the type of thing with packing your bag where you don't know how important it is until you don't have it until you forget to pack that um, extra bar or that extra energy gel, or um, you don't, you know, maybe you have your water bottle, but you don't, you, you feel like you need a little extra and you don't have a Gatorade or Powerade or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, so I, I think, you know, slowing down and, you know, it's definitely the night before trying to think about these all, you know, how you do want to pack your bag, um, you know, in, in terms of, different foods that you might have, food or drinks, um, in terms of having a towel, maybe it's an extra um, pair of socks or an extra shirt, um, something like that. Ed, Brad Gilbert also talks about how um, just the very act of changing into a new item, a new clothing item can can actually be sort of a mental reset. Um, maybe you just lost a set and you, we've talked about the red light routine of leaving the court during that moment, but maybe you change shirts or you change an article of clothing and that's a signal that you're sending to yourself that, okay, we're resetting. This is, we're starting anew here, starting fresh. Um, so that, that can certainly be helpful. The other thing I'll, I'll bring up, and this is something, Brian, you've talked about a lot in, um, in past episodes. And I know this is something you do um, with a lot of your players in terms of bringing an index card to the court um, and bringing, you know, bringing something um, that has different reminders to yourself. Um, and, you know, this is going to look different for each person. Um, maybe for some players that is more um, different things about your mindset um, in terms of viewing everything as practice or in terms of you wanting to be a warrior out on, on the court or not letting anything get to you. Maybe it's something to do with your strategy um, or, you know, in terms of how you want to be playing, or maybe it's, um, you know, certain self-talk phrases um, or ways that, that you can help yourself reset during certain moments. But um, no, I, I, that, that's something that I, I think can, can definitely be helpful for a lot of people. Um, you know, bringing something to the court where you can look back at it. Maybe it's before, before the match, or maybe it's during a changeover in between sets and you have that, you know, it's, it's very easy in the heat of the moment of a match or before a match where maybe tensions are high and your heart is beating to forget some of these things you've been working on in the practice court or off court. So having something um, tangible that you can use as a reminder is, can be really helpful. And that's a great part of the pre-match or preparation routine is, is creating that. And, you know, my sort of rule of thumb on that is this is an opportunity for you to distill all the wisdom of all of your coaches into something that, and so that if, if you were in trouble, what would you want them to say to you? to help get you out of it. And, and so that's what you can put there. It doesn't, like you said, these could be different things for different people, Josh. Like, so maybe somebody wants some technical reminders. That's fine. I'm not going to say that that's 
wrong, that, that, that might be what you want to be reminded of. Um, but I have found, just from my own personal use, some of the more mental type of reminders, the more competitive type of reminders have been the most helpful. Um, because if you think about the story we were telling regarding Novak Djokovic and you know what he did at the French Open when he left the court. Um, it wasn't about technique. It was about him getting himself motivated to go back out there, and he had to shift his voice to something more encouraging. Um, so we're not all Novak Djokovic, surprisingly, right? So you know, can we somehow come up with something that would, if we got into a situation like he was, where the negative voice was winning, what would you need to hear? To get you to get you back on track, um, so I do think it's a great um, tool to use on the court. I would say to get it to work, you need a changeover routine, um, and you always need a routine like when you enter the court. That whatever, the, if it's an index card or a journal, because if it's still in the bag by the time you start warming up, it probably stays in the bag. In my experience, it needs to come out right away so that you can see it and it's there and then you know to look at it. Um, So there should be some sort of routine of regularly checking this type of thing. And maybe it's just looking at your process goals if things are going good, right? Maybe there's a green light changeover routine and perhaps there's a yellow light changeover routine where we look at some different things to help get us back on track. Um, but that can be a really nice, thoughtful thing to do as part of your preparation. You may find that you only need to do it once, maybe for a few months, and it's like always going to be the same reminders. I know for me, when I did this, I could get a reminder sheet that would probably work for me for like six months, and I wouldn't have to really change much much about it. Um, but there might be other times where you would change it, or you want to make it very specific to a player, whatever. Um, but that is a good good feature of um, of the preparation routine, and it just gets you to think th- things through a little bit more, and from all perspectives, right? Not just the game plan, but um, about different things that could go wrong or have gone wrong in the past. And if I could have my coach come out, what would I want my coach to say to me? Yeah, yeah, um, I, I like that you you mentioned making sure that you bring out that that card, um, as you, as you're getting onto the court, um, it's easy to, to forget about it. Um, uh, and another thing, um, yeah, I, I like also that, that you're, um, you know, having, having the mindset of, okay, if, if you were to have a court, a coach out with you on court, um, what would they help you say? Where oftentimes, as we know, tennis is a, can be a lonely sport where it's just you out there. Yes. There, you know, maybe you're certain situations where you have a coach with you, but most of the time, your, your coach is, is not active. So um, having, um, you know, just those reminders that you can look back at um, can, can make it can make a huge difference. And the other thing I would say, and we, we talk, we, you know, we, we often talk about how we want to be learning from our past experiences. Um, and maybe there's a match where we go down a set and then, you know, we, we don't feel as we look back and we, we lose the match in two sets and we, we look back at it and we feel like, Hey, maybe I didn't give my, my best fight that second set. Um, how can we truly learn from that experience? 
maybe we journal about it. Maybe we think back and then maybe based on that experience, then we change what goes in that index card. And then we have that reminder, like what you're talking about with Novak Djokovic, um, where, okay, if I'm down a set, what is something I can tell to myself, tell myself in that moment to help me get over that, um, you know, that, that setback of losing that first set. Maybe it's, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, sort of quieting that, that self-doubt that I may be feeling in that moment. Maybe it's just a reminder to myself of who I, who I want to be, that person I'm, um, you know, striving to become in terms of my identity, um, or, or, or whatever it may be, but um, having certain reminders to yourself in terms of your mindset based on those past experiences and learning from those past experiences can help to shape um, w- what you want to remind yourself of and what you want to um, to have on that index card. And uh, no, I, I, I think that that's something that that's something tangible that a lot of players can, um, can, can, you know, utilize and, and bring to the court with them the next time that they go out in, in a tournament um, where it's, you know, it doesn't all have to be perfect, but you, you know, you, you, this is something that by just starting that process and, and even the process of, as you said, of, you know, building that into your preparation routine um, and actually sitting down and writing those things down can, can actually do a lot to help to distill your thoughts and help you to become more clear about um, what you want to be doing when you're out there. Um, so I, I think that that can be helpful for a lot of players. Yeah, and as we begin to wrap this up, I think one thing I would recommend that you mentioned, Josh, for this whole preparation routine is try to schedule this as much as possible as you go along, not only during the week, but you know, try to structure that day and, and have a schedule or a checklist of things that you that you go through. Um, so again, that you're not forgetting something. Um, but you're doing it in a structured way and you'll feel more prepared. I think when you schedule it out, like you said, um, and, and feeling prepared is a big part of feeling confident going into the match. And so I'd really like to see the listeners try this, try to schedule it out, try to be like that professional, try to take it to that level and see what happens. And then, and then, um, like you said, Josh, then you, you tweak it and you go from there and you constantly improve it. You think of a guy like, you know, different sport, obviously, but like Tom Brady, you know, in his 40s. Is his pregame preparation the same as it was when he was 22? Probably not. I'm sure he's evolved it and, and improved it. And, and at this point in his career, probably more or less perfected it based on who he is and his body type and what he needs and et cetera. Um, we should all be striving to, you know, to reach that level of professionalism with our preparation, especially if, if tennis is important to us. Otherwise, we're allowing a lot of variables to come in that really can make our performances inconsistent from match to match to match. So that's one of my selling points on the whole preparation routine is if you want to have more consistent performances, bring more consistency to how you prepare and in, in, in that, that pre-match routine. So, so that's our show for today. Thank you all for listening. Uh, for more on today's show, please check out the show notes. If you have any feedback or questions for Josh and me, please email us at tennisiqpodcast at gmail.com. 
You can also use the Twitter hashtag TennisIQ. Additionally, please subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice, which includes YouTube, so you can be notified of new episodes. You can also check out our Instagram account. Thanks again, and we will talk to you soon in our next episode. Thank you.